If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those to the book of Luke. Loving the book of Luke, chapter 12, and this morning in verses 35 through 48. We're continuing our series on the book of Luke, both on Sunday mornings and Wednesday night Bible study, Wednesday night, 630, right over here in the cafe. Um, a little bit of singing together, and then in, on Wednesday night we'll be in Luke uh, 10. We're, we're kind of going back and uh, going through the chapters that we've, we've already passed and really digging into those. It's been a good time. So if you want to read that, uh, the first part of this week, uh, and, and just pray over it as we come, you, you can uh, be ready to discuss it with us. But I'm going to read our text aloud today and then uh, get into what I believe the Lord would, would have me to encourage you with. So Luke chapter 12 and verse 35 is where we'll be starting. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded, I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or is it for everyone? And the Lord replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he owns. But what if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word today, I thank you that you open it for us, that you open our eyes to the wonders of it. Holy Spirit, that you illuminate it for us, that you teach us, uh, that we would hide your word in our heart so that we would not sin against you. Lord God, I thank you for all that we will receive from you today. Your good and your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's a little bit of a stretch there uh, those verses, and we're going to cover them all, Lord willing. Um, our family has a tradition at Christmas, normally Christmas Eve, uh, if, if we can get the scheduling right, where the, the Word family will get together at, at my mom's, and we'll eat, and we'll have presents, and then we'll always put on a new pair of pajamas, matching pajamas, and we take a picture in them. It's the pajama picture. We've been doing it, I think, since Caleb was about six months old. And it's fun. It's a fun part of, of what we do. And it, we, again, usually Christmas Eve, Christmas night. And I always get made fun of. Every year I get made fun of. 
because uh, it's our whole family, everybody's wearing pajamas. After we get done with the picture, I go put my clothes back on. I go put my blue jeans back on, put my shirt back on, my boots back on, and some other ones do, do too. But you know, it's usually the ladies like, why are you putting your clothes back on? You're just going home. You're just going home and gonna get in the bed. Why don't you just wear it? And I think it makes them feel bad for keeping their pajamas on, so they have to come at me like that. And I, I always point out, you know, I'm gonna get in the car and drive, you know, 20, 25 minutes back home to my house. And if everything goes good, I could wear my pajamas home. There would be no issues, right? If I just get in the car, drive home, get out at my house, go in, I'm still in my pajamas, praise the Lord. But what if I'm not able to do that? If anything happens, anything goes on, there I am in my pajamas. And a man in his pajamas isn't ready for very much, right? And I think I got that from my dad. I remember being a teenager and I was going out of the house and it was winter time, so it was cold and it was gonna be really cold that night for Arkansas, at least it was gonna be cold. And he said, where's your jacket? And I said, well, I'm gonna be in the truck and then when I get to where I'm going, I'm gonna be inside. Like I'm not gonna be outside, I don't need a jacket. And he said, well, you don't plan on being outside. You plan on being able to just go there do what you're doing and come back and have no issues. He said, but what if you are outside? It's going to be really, really cold. You need to take a jacket. And so I thought about that. I was like, you know what? He's right. He has a really good point. What if my truck breaks down and I end up on the side of the road, the heater's not working, it's going to be cold tonight. What if I have to get out and help somebody? What if somebody has to get out and help me? I'm going to want a coat on, right? I'm going to want a jacket. I'm going to want to be ready for, for, for what may come up. And so that's really kind of gotten burned into my memory. So now when I get in the car, I'm planning on being able to get out and be about something. If something needs to be done, something needs to be seen to, if something comes up, now I may not be dressed really well. <laughs> you know, I may still be comfortable, but you know, you've always had that where you've gone to get in the car and be like, can I get, can, can I go to Domino's drive-through in my pajamas? Do I need to put shoes on, right? You kind of think that, like if everything goes as planned, yes, I could do that. But if anything else happens, will I be, will I be ready? And so what we're talking about this morning, Jesus is talking about being ready. So in verse 35, he says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. And what he's saying there is keep your clothes on and keep the lights on because there's work that needs to be done. And then he says, as though, he gives us this example, be ready as though you were a servant waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast. Be ready like you were the servant of a household where the master was gone and the master was coming back. Be Ready. It says, be ready the moment that he arrives and knocks. Be ready to open the door. And then he tells us why. He says, the servants that are ready, verse 37, he said, I tell you the truth, there's a reward for those that are ready. I tell you the truth, the master himself will seat the servants, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. 
Well, that's, that's where the example just kind of goes bananas for us, right? Because masters don't do that. When the master comes home, if the servants are ready, what happens? The servants serve the masters. Hey, boss, you want anything to eat? It's late. You just want peanut butter and jelly? What do you want? You tell me, right? The servants are serving the master. But he says in his example, when the master comes home and he finds the servants ready, the master is going to put on the apron and he's going to seat the servants at the table and he's going to serve them. And we even see an image there of him at what we call the Last Supper at, at the last Passover that he, that he took here where, where, where he put on the, the towel and he washed their, their feet and he served them. He says, be ready like you were a servant in a household where the master was coming home because the servants that are ready will be rewarded. The master himself will serve them, will give to them. And he says in verse 38, it may be in the middle of the night. It may be dawn. But regardless, he's going to reward the servants that are ready. Be ready like a servant whose master is gone but is expected back. There's going to be a reward for those that are ready. The master will serve the ready. He's coming. Be ready. There's a blessing in being ready. It says, always be ready for the master's knock at the door. And I believe that this is definitely talking about the second coming of Christ. I don't think that's all it's talking about, but I think it is definitely talking about the second coming of Christ. Christ came here, sent by God, born of a virgin, was crucified. Our sin upon him, bruised for our transgressions, crushed for our sins, the chastisement of our peace upon him, he was a sinless sacrifice to redeem a sinful people. He was resurrected on the morning of the third day, a sufficient sacrifice to show that he was sufficient. And he went about and appeared to many. He ate with them and spoke to them. And then he ascended to heaven and he said, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back coming back to complete the work, to finalize justice and salvation and the resurrection of all who have gone before us. And as Christians, we are to live mindful and hopeful of that day. Amen? We live mindful and hopeful of the day that the Bible says the dominions of this world will once again be the dominion of our God. The second to the last verse in the Bible, Revelation 22, 20, says, he who is faithful, talking about Jesus, he who is a faithful witness to all of these things, says, I am coming soon. And we respond back, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And what many people call the end, that last day is actually the beginning, right? It's actually a beginning, a new day dawning, casting out all darkness. And Jesus is saying, be ready for that day. Be ready for that last day. Even if it's our last, even if it's just my last day, to be ready for that day. Whichever one comes first, he said, be ready. Whether it's my death or the end of this earth and time, be ready. Because whichever one of those comes first for me, then comes what? The judgment. Then comes the judgment, where we, judgment means calling things what they are. Stephen, this is what you are, right? We'll be called to account for the life we've lived in the flesh. And we know from Scripture that there's 
different responses. One of them is enter into rest and communion, right? One of them is depart from me. I never knew you. Eternal separation. He's saying be ready for the end. Be ready for the master to return. And how do we do that? We know how we do that. We acknowledge God. We repent of our sin. We declare Jesus as Lord. We believe on him as our only hope of salvation. And then we follow him, right? That's how we, that's, that's how we maintain our readiness for the last day. That's how a servant readies themselves for the return of the master. And Jesus says that that could happen in the middle of the night. He said it could happen just before dawn. And then he even goes further in the example that most of you have heard before in verse 39 and 40. He said, understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. And you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. What an example, right? He's like, if you knew somebody was coming to break into your house, you would be prepared. You would be ready. He's saying, but because you don't know, what do you do? You have to be ready all the time. So you all the time, what do you do? You lock your doors. You don't leave your windows open. Somebody can just climb in there. You, you do things to be ready all the time because you don't know the time, not that it would happen. He says it'll be like a thief in the night you must be ready all the time. And don't think it's strange. When we start talking about stuff like this, you can feel a little bit weird right in here, don't you? There's a little bit of awe and reverence and even fear of, oh man, this could end for me or it could end all together. And there's a little bit of a, oh, well, am I ready for that? Am I ready for that? And the mere fact that you're thinking about it is a good sign. The mere fact that you're thinking on that and going, oh, that's a big deal. Am I ready for that? That is a great sign because it means the Spirit, Spirit of God is working on your heart, showing you, hey, this is all going to end. But look, you can be ready. He didn't say some are without hope. There's just no way they can be ready. He said you can be ready. Get ready. Get ready ready. So that, that's a good sign that we have that on the inside of us. But we need to remember is he's holding us, not us holding on to him. Like it's up to me to hold on and not let go. He's holding on to me and he's given me his spirit, scripture says, which agrees with the spirit of God that I'm his child and it verifies with my heart and I can cry out, Abba, Father, I'm a child of God. When I, when I do those things that when I acknowledge and I repent and I confess and I say, Jesus is Lord, I'm a child of God. And that means that I'm ready for the last day. Amen. Whether it's my last day or the last day of the whole shooting match, I'm ready for the last day. And being a child of God means that today is special too. We can focus on that last day and we should. It's of utmost importance. But we cannot stop there because today is important too. In verse 41, after Jesus says that part, you know, be ready as a servant whose master's coming home from a wedding feast. He said, understand 
you know, it's like a thief in the night. You, you just have to be ready. You can't get ready when it happens. You have to be ready before it happens. And Peter says, who is this illustration for? Are you talking to us? Are you talking to everybody? Who are you talking to? And Jesus doesn't answer him. Not directly, which is great. You know, it's like Peter is always going to do probably what we would do. You know, we think like we talked about on Wednesday night that we would probably do that better. That we would, uh, if he said that, I would listen and I would understand. No, we wouldn't. We don't now, so we wouldn't then. But Jesus said, who are you talking about. And the Lord replied, a faithful and sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and find that servant, uh, that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I'll tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of everything he owns. So did he answer Peter's question? Not directly. But if Peter listens, I think that he'll figure it out just like I hope we, we figure it out today. He's still talking about a servant in the master's household. He says if the servant is faithful and he's sensible, he's going to be ready and he's going to then receive responsibility uh, for overseeing. Because before the master returns, stuff still has to get done. The household is an operating organism. There's stuff coming in. There's stuff going out. There's stuff that has to be done in this example and in our life and in our world. Stuff has to get done even before the master comes back. There's a household to be overseen. And what we know from Scripture, if you even go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God delegates authority. He will give authority to humans to carry out his will on the earth. Thankfully, he also supplies the power to do that, but he delegates authority. One word that, that people use often is a viceroy. You may have heard that, the viceroy, and we don't have them in America, but, but what a viceroy is is one that manages a colony, an area, on behalf of a sovereign who is seated somewhere else, almost like an ambassador but with a management, not just uh, for, for goodwill communication, but is responsible for getting some stuff done. God the Father sent the Son, Jesus Christ, to be the image of the invisible God. That's what Colossians says. To be the part of what we couldn't see. He came as something to be seen, and then he has called the church to carry that image to the world. We were created in the image of God to image God to the creation. <laughs> That's your amen. <laughs> amen. We were created in the image of God to image him back to his creation who has been separated from him. It, it's even like the song that we sang, you and you alone, you're waking up my soul. You all remember when that started to happen to you. It may not have been a specific moment, but you remember when you started to think differently and go, I never saw that that way. I never knew. And, and you start to remember something that you didn't think you ever knew before is that he's there and he's what's missing and he's what's right in life. And when you get close to that, there's a remembering of something that you didn't even know that you ever knew, but it was built into you to start with. And that's what he's called us to do to the rest of creation is to go, remember him? Remember the one that created you, the one that set this whole thing turning? Do you remember him? 
to image him to the creation. We want to be ready for that last day. Again, that's of ultimate importance, but that does not mean that the days between now and then lack importance. He has us here for a reason. That's why we're called to grow and mature. Why does he want us to grow and mature? So we can do more stuff, so that we can get more done, so that we can manage the household, going back to the example, until the master of the house returns. So that we're able to demonstrate the difference between living in his kingdom and living outside his kingdom. That's what he has called us to do. That's what he's directing us to do. That's what he's empowered us to do, to be different than those who are in the kingdom of darkness because we're not any longer in the kingdom of darkness. We're in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son. So watch what Jesus, in, in this stretch from 35 on down, Jesus said, he focuses on being ready when the master returns and that he also cares about what we're doing between now and then. Like a servant, ready if the master returns and living every day in between with purpose. Keeping the household up. So the question then is, when he's talking about be ready, what are we ready for? What are we ready for? If you look at your life today, what are you ready for? What are you up for today? What could you handle today? What could you do today? What are you ready for in your daily life? What is it that you're prepared for? What is it that you're preparing or readying yourself for? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. That's a question I, I need to remember to ask myself regularly. What am I ready for? What can I handle? I use this example all the time when we're talking about church. When you come to church, when you come to the gathering, are you prepared to, to worship? Are you prepared to, to bless someone else, to encourage them, to pray for them? And if you're like, oh, no, I'm not at all. Like, you understand, it's in shambles right now. I can't handle anything else. Well, then are you ready to receive an answer in your trouble, in your difficulty, in your issues? Are you prepared to receive? Because you have to prepare even to do that. What are we ready for? He wants us to live our life here, administrating the kingdom of heaven until he comes back to fulfill it completely. We have to be ready. Are we ready for that? Again, what are we ready for? What are we getting ready for? What are we prepared for? What are we preparing for? Because we're preparing for something even if it's nothing. Right? I think that makes sense. We're preparing for something even if it's to do nothing. What kind of day are we ready to step into each day? What kind of capacity are we able to run at? Are we stepping into tomorrow at 15%? Are we 15% ready? That'd be pretty low, right? It's out of 100. 100 will be completely ready all the time. You may not, you, you're not going to get there. But what are we prepared for? What, what can we handle? What would happen if you got a bad phone call tomorrow? What would happen if the water heater broke? You had to deal with that. What would happen if something unexpected happened? Would we be ready? Would we be able to handle it? Would we be prepared? 
What kind of day are we ready to step into? Are we ready to love? Are we ready to encourage? Are we able to even pay attention to what's going on around us? Are we ready to receive from Him? Are we preparing to do that? What are we ready for? If we're not ready for all of that, what are we ready for and how do we change? And we know that we, we do this every day in our life with, with little different things. When I, yesterday morning, some of us went uh, golfing and I was about to leave my house. I told Kelly, bye. And I'm about to go out the door and I was like, okay, wait a second. I got my phone. I got my wallet. I got my keys. I got my golf clubs. I got my golf shoes. I got golf balls. Okay. I got my golf glove. I'm good. I wanted to make sure I had everything. I go and I get in the car with Tyler. Tyler sits in the driver's like, okay, I got my phone. I got my wallet. I got my keys. I got my but why? Because we were going to do something. And if we weren't ready when we got there, we're not getting to do it. Right? You don't get to just show up and go, I, it's time for me to do this. Well, are you ready? Oh, I didn't prepare at all. I didn't bring anything. You're not doing anything. And that's the way it is in our life. If we're not prepared, we're not doing anything. And so we want to make sure that we're ready. And look, when you hear this, it can already make your mind tired. Like, I don't know if I can prepare for anything else. Because life is life, right? Things happen. I was ready to go golfing yesterday. And, I, and, and we had everything. And we went and we played 18 holes. And then the question was asked after we got done with hole 18, which if you don't play golf, that's the whole course, all 18 holes. And then somebody said, what about nine more? And I was like, I am not ready for that. <laughs> I was ready for 18. I'm not ready for nine more. I am hot now. I am hungry. And I do have some other things I need to do today. Right? And so I, I, I got ready. I got it done. And then it was done. It was like, are you ready to do more of that? No, I've got something else I need to do. And that's what I'm saying. You're not always going to be at 100. When I finished preaching this today, and I was ready to preach this today. When I finished preaching this today, I'm not going to be ready to just jump back up and do it again. I'm going to be spent. I will probably be tired. I, I won't be 100%. So, so what did I do after golf? And I was ready. I got spent. So then I left and I'll prepare at some point, hopefully soon, to go Again, just like, just like this, you, you prepare, you're spent, and then you prepare again, even if that means rest, refuel, resupply, etc. But see, I, I know what it takes to be ready for certain things like golfing, and I, I did them, and I also know that I'll be ready to do it again because I'll go through those preparations. You're going to get tired in life. You're going to get tired. You're going to get tired today. If you're going to get tired, get tired from doing something good. Right? If something's making you tired, step back from it and go, I mean, some things you just have to do that are going to make you tired. Is this necessary? Is this good? You gots to go then. If you're not yes to one of those, to be necessary and or good, which are most necessary things obviously are good, then you got to go. If you have something that's making you tired that's not necessary or good, gots to go. Well, but I like that. Nope, gots to go. If it's not necessary and it's not good and it's making you tired, it's got to go because you're going to get tired. But if you have a choice, be tired from doing something good. What are we ready for? What are we prepared for? It's not about being perfect. You won't be perfect. 
You won't always be on point, but it's about being as prepared as you can be. I don't remember when we talked about it, but we talked about it maybe in our series on prayer, that there's our attitude. That's what it was. There, there's two lies in life. One is that I can control everything. And the other one is that I can't control anything, right? So when there's a problem, and it usually depends on your personality type. Some of us are very controlling. We want to cover everything in it. And so we want to say that we control everything. I'm going to control all of it. And if I can't, then I start to lose it. And we're usually married to someone who goes, I can't do anything about this. Like completely on the other end where I can't control anything. And both of those are a lie because in the middle is the truth. We have some control. There are some things that we can control. Many things that we can't. But there are some things that we can control. And he said, be ready. On the last day and every day in between, he said, be ready. Watch this. Let's look at verse 45. Verse 45, because he just talked about if the, a faithful and sensible servant is one the master can give responsibility to and he does it. And he said there's going to be a reward for the servant who's given responsibility and he does it. Verse 45, but what if the servant thinks, and this is the same servant, so it's not like good servants, bad servants. The same servant can be both. That's interesting. But what if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants and partying and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only Lightly, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So you see the other way our mind can go. He says, what if the servant thinks to himself, the master's not coming back for a while? And look what he begins doing. It says he begins beating the other servants, you know, basically feasting, partying, drinking to the point of drunkenness. So the servant is living like he's the master of the household. Like he answers to nobody else. Master's not coming back, I'm the master now. And that's what our heart can do if we let it slide away from God. It's like he's not, he's distant. This is far away. You know, they've been talking about Christ's return since I was in children's church. It's not really that big of a deal. It'll happen at some point. And we start to live like we're the master and then it says with that, when we focus on our pleasure, our appetites, and not what the master has given us to do, that there's a punishment there. The master will return unannounced and unexpected and he'll cut the servant into pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. In verse 47, a servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared to carry it out will be severely punished. If you had an employee and they knew what was expected of them, and they weren't even prepared at all to even try to do it. Guess what? There's some discipline coming there. You are not being a good employee. And he says, for someone, a servant that knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions, there's a severe punishment. Why? Because you knew enough to know what you were supposed to be doing. 
You knew enough to know what you were supposed to be doing. He says, but then there's some, they don't know much. And then they do something wrong. It's like there's a lighter punishment. Why? Because they don't know very much. As we grow and as we mature, he gives us more responsibility. And once we know what we're supposed to do, he wants us to be prepared to do it. He's made it plain what we're supposed to be doing. Carrying out His will, right? We get that from Scripture. That's His will for us is to bring the kingdom here. And the more knowledge we have, the more accountable we are. Given much, much is required. And He has given us so much. So what, what are we prepared for? What are we ready for? And again, this isn't like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's to make us think He's called me to do something. Are the things, the systems that I'm putting in place in my life, the habits and the routines that I'm putting in place in my life, is it about me or is it about Him? Is it about what I want to do or is it about what He wants me to do? He's given us so much. What are we prepared for? What kind of fights are we ready for? Are we ready to contend in the Spirit? What are we ready for? Are we ready for anything? Are we ready for nothing? Are we, is it somewhere in between? Which is going to be somewhere in between. And we, we just want to be constantly growing in what we're ready for and mindful that, that we're ready for that last day. Praise the Lord. We're ready for the last day. But the same spirit that changes your last day is there to change your every day. The same one that saved you is able to empower you to live today and make today special. And we know the more that we learn, the more he expects because as he's teaching us, the reason he expects more is as he teaches us, he literally gives us the ability to do it. It comes from him. It doesn't come from me just trying to figure it out. It comes from him. And so when he gives us the direction and he gives us the resources and he gives us even the desire and the ability, it makes sense that he would expect that we prepare to do it. As he's teaching us, he's giving us to walk out every day up until the last day. So as we finish up, what are we ready for? What are we preparing for? We have a call on our life to be ready, to be ready on the last day and to be ready every day in between for whatever he would call me to deal with. To take my pajamas off and put my pants back on to be ready for whatever may come up. The calling on us is to grow in faith every day. Are we growing in faith? Are we strengthening others in the faith? Are we, are we prepared to be a light in the darkness? And as we grow, we expand our territory and our responsibility. He's called you to do more now at this point in your life than he called you to do 10 years ago. Why? Because you know more now. There's more expectation now. And again, it's not, it's not pressure. It's the beauty of opportunity. He's given us opportunity to serve in his household. And some things are, are general, which means that they're for all of us. But, but some of you, the Lord has put very specific things on your heart. And let me tell you what I've learned. Nobody else is going to show up and prepare you for that. 
That's got to take place on the inside of you. You may have somebody that comes alongside you and helps you with instruction or helps you with opportunity, but if the preparation is not going on in your own heart, you're never going to reach what he's put in there for you to do. That special emphasis that he's put in your heart as his servant, that's good and is right. What are we doing to be ready for that? Again, just asking ourselves, what am I ready for? What could I handle today? If it's not very much, why is it not very much? What did I do yesterday? What am I tired from? Amen. What am I ready for? And again, the, the two lies, I can control everything, I can control nothing. Both of them are untrue. The truth is in the middle. The truth is I control the things that I can control and I prepare in the ways that I can prepare so that I can deal with the things that I can't control. I can't make everything happen in myself. I, I can't, but I, it doesn't mean that I can't do anything. He gives me ability and responsibility, and then he'll take care of the rest, but I still got to show up. I want to finish, and Andrew, if you want to go ahead and come uh, so we can sing together before we leave. With, with the, the few verses at the beginning, verse 35 and 36, I was like, what a beautiful way to end it. The way he said it, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. So be ready. Be ready. As a servant, and obviously we can't stay dressed all the time. We can't stay awake all the time. Well, people, we got to rest. That's part of what he, he, he made us to do. But he's saying in this example, stay dressed for service. Keep the lamp burning. That's stuff that we can do. We can be ready as though we were waiting for him to return. And then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. When he knocks on the door of your, of your mind, of your spirit tomorrow with an instruction, with a leading, with a guiding, hey, Stephen, here's an opportunity. When he drops something just right in front of you, are you prepared? Because we, we, we don't give ourselves enough we think we're less prepared than we are. We'll never be at 100, you know, this whole thing like 2020, we weren't ready for 2020. Look, some people were ready for 2020. They didn't know what was gonna happen. It's weird, there's some strange things. You may not like parts of it, but if you're following Jesus, you, you had some readiness in you because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, can handle everything that you come up against, the fruit of the Spirit interacting with this world. There was some readiness for that. You knew, oh man, it's time to, I'm going to lock down even more. Well, but, but I felt afraid. Yeah, and you were ready to deal with it. You were ready to deal with it. Well, I felt some pressure. Yeah, and you can be ready to deal with it because he teaches us how to do that and he gives us the ability. We just can't slack off. We can't act like it's going to be a while before he comes back. We can't act like it's going to be a while before he needs me to do something. Because if you do that, then you won't be ready. And an opportunity is going to be there maybe for you to love, bless, and encourage, to help, to engage, to get down into the dirt with somebody in their life and help. And there you are standing in your pajamas. There we are not ready for what's put in front of us. And that's all he's saying. 
is be ready. Yes, we rest. Yes, we, uh, uh, you know, recreation. Those are great. That's how I prepare to be ready to lock back down tomorrow. It's a breath of fresh air for my body and for my soul and my spirit. And it, it may make me tired by the end of the day, but we got something done and it was good and it was right. Let's go on to tomorrow. It's time to prepare for tomorrow. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? I want to pray with us as we get ready to go today. And I would encourage you just to, as always, personal inventory. What am I ready for? What did I come in here ready for today? Could I have been ready for more? Has God put something in my path where I was like, oh, I could probably, but I'm not, oh, oh, oh. It's just opportunity to be better prepared. And when preparation meets opportunity, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's not a call to perfection. It's just a call for preparation. And he'll help us every step of the way. Let's pray. Father, sometimes your word is tough and it confronts us, but it also motivates us to see that we have the ability to have an impact here every day. You created us in your image and gave us the ability to show you off to your creation, to remind your creation that it once knew you. and that it will and can know you again. God, I thank you for peace as we receive this. God, not, not, not fear, not worry, not stress. Those, none of that comes from you. But I thank you, Lord God, for divine illumination that we'll see the areas of our life that you would tell us about today. We're not, we're not gonna be perfect by the end of the month, by the end of the year, or by the end of our life, but you would show us where we are right now. Give us something to work on. Give us something to prepare for. Give us something to shore up and tighten up so that we're ready. When you, when you call out our name, when you give us a responsibility, that we're ready to do it. And I thank you that you have readied our heart for that last day, that final day. Whether it's judgment day for, for the earth itself, or our death comes first. I thank you that we don't have to fear it. And then the freedom that we find in that opens up a life to us where we can glorify you in everything that we do. God, I thank you that as we leave here today, we go in peace and unity together with one another. I thank you that you keep your people safe. Protect us as we go. Lord, those that we have out traveling, I thank you that you bring them back safely to us. Lord, relieve us of this virus here locally, in our state, in our country. God, relieve us from this threat. And God, relieve us from the mania that comes along with it. I think that your peace will rule and reign. And as your churches continue to gather in the variety of ways that are necessary in this time, that you are equipping us, that you are the one readying us for response to shine the light of your love and of your kingdom to this dark and hopeless world that the hope is only in you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name.